1: Welcome in to another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Rob Hummel. We're both in Houston already, but Rob will not do the, uh, I think it's part of your contract. You will not do any pods in person with me.
2: That's not true. We we are not technologically
1: capable. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the far better away. Hey, Yes, that's the better answer for this. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> we, I would do a pod it. in person. We, we tried at the United Center and then you'd left. Did you even go to the games, at the United Center for the Big Ten tournament. I went and left what? at halftime. Right, you did that the day before. You were totally disheveled. I was disheveled. That's true. <laughs> um, Logan,
1: Logan was not happy with me. She, she, she. Yeah,
2: you, you acted like you'd never met her before. Unbelievable. I was, I was. A That's little. the kind of treatment you get if you're an employee at 68. <laughs> the sixty-eight. The most important people there will act like they do not know your significant other. <laughs> That's well done. I was
1: not well good, done.
2: I was not in a good space. All right, I
1: feel better now though. It, it's nice of you to ask how I feel, how I'm I'm doing after my difficult uh, trip to Vegas. You guys,
2: you guys are idiots. The all you did was sit at the pool. It's almost like it was karma that the game sucked because you guys were having too much fun.
1: Stadiums. Stadium swim really is the ultimate spot to watch a game. Like, how we, are the
2: crowds out there at the stadium? It was it wasn't like hot, right? It was in the sixties. It wasn't even, yeah. It was
1: like even high fifties. The only good thing is when the sun comes out, high fifties feels like seventy there. Uh, yeah. So as long as the sun's out, you're you're, you're pretty good at stadium swim. Uh, all right, this uh this episode. By the way, Rob, is presented by our, our partners at BetRivers, uh, also vaulted and by Underdog Fantasy, where you get 100% first deposit match up to $100 with that code FIELD. All right, Rob, the biggest question everybody's asking me, uh, I'll name, name drop here. I was on Colin Coward's show yesterday, and he asked me, is this good or bad for college basketball that we have, you know, a, a field that has one, Kind of big boy in UConn. They are big boy. They've won four national titles in the last 30 years. So they're they're as close to a blue blood as there is. Um, and then you got, you know, Miami, San Diego State, and FAU. H- how do you look at this? Because I look at it as like, for me personally, it's going to be kind of fun and cool and everything like that. Now for the city of Houston.
2: Yeah, they, they needed Texas to win. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that would have that would have been huge for the city, for the atmosphere here. Tickets have already fallen on the secondary market at like forty percent since I believe it. teams. So where where you, are you, you at? just
2: you well, I'm kind of the same way. I think it's cool that it's not the same old, same old of you know, Kansas, North Carolina, like last year. But then I was also excited because it was the heavyweights last year, right? So I I'd go both ways. I think there's arguments too made when you have the blue bloods. It's like wow, the fans, it'll be crazy. It will be packed. The level of play, not that the level of play won't be high with these teams, but you have pros on the floor. Um, But then I also like to see other teams get a chance, and the parity is what makes this tournament awesome. But I do think that with Houston losing and with Texas losing in Kansas City, that certainly hurts the number of people. We just have, we have universities here a, aren't very big. They don't have a huge alumni base. And, you know, like Kansas has proven that when they make the Final Four, they travel. I don't know what Miami's going to do. They had a decent crowd in Kansas City. Uh, it certainly wasn't the biggest crowd I saw in that in that stadium.
1: Maybe John um, Ruiz. Hey, maybe John Ruiz will pay for uh, for that Miami contingent to fly out here.
2: You know? Yeah, it's, it's amazing that with all that was talked about, with that, at the end of the day, they are still playing. Yes. you know, you know <laughs> like why? because they're they're well, talented. They good players. They're older. They're older and they're talented. They are talented. They're not deep necessarily. They only play like seven dudes, eight dudes max, really eight. They play eight, but boy, their guards, their 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 four starting guards are awesome. They can go. You know, can't they? Nigel Pack has played really well in the tournament. Isaiah Wong is a stud yeah he is a stud. and he was a stud last year, but he can't he's come back. He's worked on his game. Luga Popler has become a player. Yes,
3: like he yes. he is
2: really good. Last year, he kind of came off the bench for him and played behind like mcgusty and and all those guys. Um, but he's had a really nice tournament, and then Jordan Miller's awesome. And I feel like outside the ACC he probably hasn't gotten the hasn't. the recognition that he deserves. I think that ACC fans understand how good Jordan Miller is. I don't think nationally they have any idea, fans of college basketball. And like the general fan who follows on the service level definitely doesn't. And then Omer is just a rebounding machine. That that dude is it he? He pursued, he looks you know what he looks like? You know what he reminds me of? Kyle Hines. Now he I'm might like, Kyle Hines yeah. played overseas forever. Yeah. Same body type, similar skill set. Um they move pretty similar. Um, you know, O'Meara might, because he kind of plays five out, he might get some looks to play here, but he could make a lot of money overseas. They, now if he gets in foul trouble, Anthony Walker behind him, right? Boy, he played, he played well in the, the first game in Kansas city. He did not play well in the second game, but they need Omir, especially with, with Klingon and Sunogo. O'Meara cannot get in foul trouble. Otherwise it's going to be a rough deal for Miami.
1: Hey, did you being in Kansas city, the thing that sticks out to me about Miami and how they play and, and, to, and I said it to Laronega after I saw him in Albany for two games and I said it to him afterwards. I said, man, like, I, I'm so impressed with how you connect with these kids as a 70 plus year old head coach. They love
2: playing for him. They
1: love, love playing he's for He's so them. loose, Rob. He's so yeah. loose. Like I'm watching timeouts and he's literally like joking around. He pull a player aside, whoever it was. And you know they're long media timeouts, so you know you can tell your team it, what, what they need in, a, in in a minute or two, and then you've got time left. He's sitting there with his arm around. I, I think it was it was at that point uh, Jordan and and laughing, joking. Jordan's laughing, joking with him. Then you see him with you know Nigel Pack, same thing. It's just he's he keeps him loose. He keeps him really, really loose.
2: I I think he also does a phenomenal job of managing, I don't want to say egos, because that makes it sound like the kids have egos, but managing touches and getting everybody to understand, like, all right, you know, it doesn't have to be your turn every time. Because you do have four guards that really want to score, and they do other things, too, but a lot of teams would not handle that well. Like, you can tell.
1: How about the NIL job? Rob, how and I have
2: absolutely. The NIL component is a, is a great example of that too of getting the whole Isaiah Wong situation last year, where he was upset because they got the Elite Eight, and then you know Nigel Pack comes in and he's making more money than than um, than Isaiah Wong, and and they've navigated that well. But I think that this could be a team, if not coached properly, that there wouldn't be enough balls to go around. But I I do think that when you watch them. It's not like every time Pack or Wong or Poplar or Miller comes off a ball screen or gets it to their side, they think, oh, I, I can't pass it because it won't come back to me. Like, they really play together. Yes. You can tell they enjoy playing together. Um, I, I love watching their team play. They they just compete. They're resilient. And they're you fun. Know, the Indiana game is a great example. Like, they're up. IU yeah. comes storming back, and they get totally punched in the mouth, and, they, and yeah. then they yeah. deliver a haymaker, yep. and they just knock Indiana out. They, they're they're really tough; they they don't go away. Can they beat UConn? I, I just saw UConn play again. I, so I've seen them all four games here in the. Tournament. I mean, they're rolling. They're rolling. rolling. They're going to have to probably play as well as they have played in the tournament, and they are playing great. I mean, the shot making in that-, that Texas game for a lot of it was high level stuff. It, it really was it was fun to watch they but can win you,
1: what's the key they can, yeah What? They what's can. the key
2: boy i i just think for miami it's it's probably hold your own on the inside with Sonoga and sunogo and Klingon. omir cannot get in foul trouble and then just live okay. in the pain yeah live in the pain
1: and they got to make threes
2: they gotta and they make, have to make listen, the open shots. But I think that those looks start with their guards driving it and right. getting paint touches and scoring at the rim. And then all of a sudden the help starts committing, and now you're spraying it to your shooter.
1: And they got to make sure Hawkins doesn't get going for UConn. He, yeah. he's, he's the guy they can't let go. Like, if Hawkins can have an off game, you know, a 2-for-13 type game, and you're giving Sonogo his 25, and maybe those other shooters aren't making them, the Carabans – uh the Calcaterras, the Newtons. I mean, it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take Miami playing their A game and, and UConn. But support. they're capable
2: of doing that. Yes. They are. I'm not saying that they're they're going to win because I think yeah. UConn is a monster. I really do. I mean they're yeah. they have the look of a national champion, but Miami can beat them. Uh if they play their best, they can beat Connecticut.
1: Hey, as shown by uh FAU being here, anything can happen. That's anything could happen. And and San Diego That's State true. being here. Um again getting getting back to to my my view of of this four team field um i don't i don't care as much about like the the atmosphere all that i i care that the casual fan toos, tunes in i do i i think it's important for the game account. for the health
2: of the game yeah yeah
1: and that's what worries me a little bit and and it worries me it was going to worry me anyway because once you lose Coach K, once you you lost Roy Williams, you lost Jay Wright. That's ultimately what a lot of these fans are tuning in for, right?
2: Is it, last year to watch to watch the coaches. Well, last year
1: last year there was kind of a pretty big storyline, Rob.
2: Well, okay, yeah, I got you. I got you, you
1: know what I mean. So, like, you need storylines. You have FEU. I don't know how many people really
2: care at the at maybe.
1: I mean, again, I think
2: yeah. I mean. I think that people, and this is not disrespectful to FAU, I think people really connected with that Kansas State team. You know, the videos of the locker room before, and like, Tang yeah. would have been a story. Oh, he's yeah. this Baylor assistant for, and Keontae, Johnson. Not.
1: Keontae Johnson is a story. Marquise Dolan totally. is a story.
2: Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Dusty May is a good story. I mean, he's a, he's a manager in Indiana. He's yeah. under Bobby Knight, and he's worked his way up to now be the head coach of Florida Atlantic. That's a good story. Yeah, but I do feel like nationally, Kansas State's story resonated more with casual viewers of the game. Yeah,
1: no, I, I would I would agree with you. And again, like you said, if if you have a Texas instead of a Miami and an Alabama, you can have one would have won. And we don't have a villain, per se. I mean, Danny Hurley can be a villain, but I don't think people...
2: Can he? I mean, he yells at the refs a lot, but he's not really a villain. No, no, no. Off,
1: Off the court, actually, he's... He's as entertaining as almost any coach in the country. You guys,
2: you guys are you guys are not friends anymore though. So no, we're
1: good now. We we made up. We made he, up. You Elman. shouldn't
2: be good. You were just taking pot shots at him on this podcast.
1: But I told him I've known him for 20, 25 years. Okay, and I I literally told him, and I I do mean this sincerely. I think he needed somebody to come out and and, and say something. People have said something to him privately, and I don't listen. I'm not taking credit for for because he's still not mellow. He's not mellow. You
2: changed him, huh? You changed Danny Hurley?
1: No, I didn't. Nobody's gonna change Danny Hurley. But <laughs> what, what somebody can do is, when you come out publicly and you say something like I did, which was, you know, he needs to change. He can't hurt his team by being a lunatic on the sidelines. Maybe it helps him think about it because, again, the public perception, right? It's one thing. You, you know, he hurt. His, he did hurt his team in that in that one game where he picked up the technical. I'm not sure they were going to win the game anyway, um, but he does. He he needs to, especially now, Rob, there's a lot on the line. Dan Hurley can't be picking up tees. You know, there'll be some refs that know Dan Hurley. Okay. There'll be some refs that, that Jeff Anderson, I don't know if he'll officiate either of UConn's games. He officiated the one in Albany, the first one against Iona, which was insane to me that you would, uh, you would give Jeffrey Anderson the game. But you're probably going to get guys that never have to see Dan Hurley again
2: in the, yeah. the final four.
1: So they could easily have a quick trigger and be like, you know what? I'm I don't know
2: the names in the final. I saw the list came out of the officials refing it, and it's pretty much the yeah. the who's who, yes. you know, from a name perspective. So I I think he will see some of these guys. Uh, what What did you think about some of the calls that we had that swung games? The, the Creighton foul. Yeah, Gosh. I mean. You all these it was a foul, Rob. Saying, Rob, it was a it foul It was a foul. I agree. I agree. So um, you gotta
1: call it. Like he had his hand on his hip. It I don't know how much it affects think. Guy.
2: And I think he's dislodging him. I, think I, I do think I it's think that. It's not like he's just touching him. He, there's some force behind it. But there is the argument of like you can't call it there. I, I don't believe in that. Like there's unless it's like so egregious, that's a really hard thing to say for the officials because you know, when does it become the subjective time of I can't call right. a foul anymore? Right. Right. That's and, not fair to them. Two, like two minutes and foul. one
1: second, I, you know, like, yeah. like exactly. what are we doing
2: here? I mean,
1: they do use Agreed. their common sense with it. They do. I mean, I've talked to the officials about yeah,
2: it. it. But some of that's been taken away from them. It used to be, and I'll call it like the official's justice, yeah. where if me and you were going for a loose ball end of the game, and I've got like four fouls, and let's say – I foul you, and it goes out of bounds, they might just say, all right, it's Goodman's ball, yep. no, no foul, so I stay in the game, but the possession stays the same. Yep. Well, now, if it's under two minutes, they go and review that, and we've had that in the NCAA tournament here where they say, oh, wow, yeah, he just took his arm off, but Jeff was the last person to touch it. They can't do that anymore. They have to call it a foul. I don't know. I, I just think that that's a really tough spot. I also thought the it's been talked about a decent amount. The blockout foul on Brock Cunningham of O'Meara was a real game-changing play. They initially ruled it. It was O'Meara's fifth foul, and they were going to go the other way. And then they changed the call and said, no, it's going to be a foul on Brock Cunningham. Omir stays in the game, and he shoots two free throws, which he made both. So I I, I wouldn't love like, that call. I gotta here's say my, here's my thing. And I, I have no idea what the rule book says for this. If I'm blocking you out and I initially blocked you out, and then you jump, that is I know over the back I think I read it's not a call in college, but if I'm getting blocked out, why don't I just jump? Right. And then I'll get undercut and then it's a foul on, on you. Yeah. Whereas if if he's already left his feet and Brock Cunningham slides in, then, then I think that is a foul on Brock Cunningham. But if he's already boxing out and he's doing Brock what did, every right. – uh,
1: Brock did. had him – he had him blocked out.
2: I you? agree. Yes, he's boxing out and he's trying to root him out, which is what you should do. Yeah. And Omir just is so athletic that even though he's got contact going back, he just jumps up, but they call it a foul for undercutting him. Well, he was blocking him out first. Well, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know agree. what the rule is and I don't know how it reads, but that's what the rule should be. Yeah. If he's blocking out already and you jump up, it's yeah. an over the back. And if, if it's the other way where he's left his feet and he comes in, all right, he undercut him, followed Brock Cunningham. But that that was a big, big call that swung the game at the end. Yeah, no, no doubt. Listen, again,
1: people complain about refs all the time. Like, if a team loses, if you watch, look on Twitter, it is literally all the refs' fault, a,
2: no matter what. It's where. a bloodbath. No one ever loses the game anymore. It's it's, no, it's always, always a, the it's refs' or, fault. You know, how many times you see, oh, ref show, or it's, the refs first job I mean, I'm, or whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm with
1: it. If it's a game of Kansas or a game at Duke, I will, I will, I'm with it that they're gonna get they're gonna get calls. Otherwise, I feel like if for the most part, especially these days, there's no Coach K, there's no Roy, there, you know, I think it balances itself out, the calls. Now, yes, there might have been one at the end that was more significant that we're putting more attention to, but over the course of a game, Rob, I will say this. It generally balances itself out. Again, unless you you have a coach that either has a a ton of juice, a Hall of Famer might get a few more calls, or a coach who's a lunatic might get a few less calls. That's it. That's it. To me,
2: again. Yeah, I mean, think about, though, the the whole mindset of berating the refs all game and then expecting that same official, who is also a human, if it's a 50-50 call, where do you think it's going to go? Right, And I'm not saying that they're mindfully doing that, but I do think that's a part of this. When you just constantly yell at these guys and berate them and and do crazy stuff, what do you think is going to happen on a call where it's, all right, they could go either way. Who am I going with?
1: Hey, Rob, on Monday night, think about this, either Brian Dutcher or Dusty May is going to uh, coach for a national title. Isn't that crazy? crazy?
2: I, I've yeah. been. About right. I think that guys. is that is a cool part of this final four, though. That yeah. you've got you are going to have a national champion that's going to be a first time, yes, national championship coach. Um, you know, Neg has been there. They yeah. who they lose to in the final four? at George Mason.
1: Uh, they beat UConn, and then they lost. They got blown out by shoot. What year was that? Oh five. Oh six. 06? I'm looking at who they who they lost to. You caught me early in the morning here.
2: You made yeah, me. You know. They lost to Florida.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's I remember that. They got they got hit pretty hard by. Him.
2: Um, 73-58.
1: No, it was never a game. It was never. A there
2: was game. no shame in losing to the Corey Brewer, Jokey Noah led, Al Horford led Florida Gators. That's
1: very true. A, a Torian Green and Lee Humphrey led. Don't forget about those guys. Um,
3: yeah. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument, that your takes weren't hot, they were right? Well, I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest. Vaulted will also be releasing more than fifty pools during the NBA playoffs. So download the app the link below for your three month trial. Store your predictions now and keep them forever.
1: Can can either of those teams win a national title? Do you think? Like, is there is there a scenario that you see in which FAU or San Diego State wins this whole thing? Or are you saying to yourself the winner of that UConn Miami game is? Gonna I mean, happen?
2: I think it's the winner of UConn Miami, but I I think San Diego State would have a a better chance chance to win than Fort Atlantic. You know, I Fort Atlantic is so small outside of golden golden's huge, but then outside of them, what you got Rosado is six, eight, I guess he's two He's got some, some bulk there, you know, Nate Mensa would be an interesting matchup with Sonogo and, uh, and Klingon just cause he's such a athletic, big that block shots, two time defensive player of the year. I like the San Diego State team because they are the same exact team as last year. And I, I saw those guys down in uh, Fort Worth lose They to added, they
1: added a one score, at least. They added the kid Trammell, who, who can score. Right, right. But no, he was there last year, was he? I think they added Trammell. This I think year. he was on the team last year. Now you're making me look it up again.
2: Uh, I I, I, did, cause I had their games, and I made a little board just to – to prep for the game a little bit, and I didn't have to change anything. I
1: thought they added one – one. I can't remember with the portal these days. Um,
2: well, maybe – maybe. oh, you know what? I must have, at the start of the year, they were ranked in the top 25, and I put them in. So that's why I didn't have to change They anything. added
1: Trammell, was their big right.
2: person in the offseason from Seattle. The, the I think they might have lost one guard from last year, Chad Baker. I think Chad Baker was on the team, lost team last Trey year. Pulling. Trey Paul. Poliam and Baker were on the team last year, yep. yeah. So they lost two guys. But for but, the most part, they returned the whole quarter. Butler.
1: Butler took a big jump.
2: Yep. And they added, uh, yeah,
1: they added Trammell was their big guy. And Lede. Lede they added from San Diego. Right? Wait, you mean Jane Lede? Yeah, didn't that Was he with them last he, year? He
2: came, from, he came from TCU. He came from TCU. And I, I thought, and I thought he was on the team last year last year too right um trying to figure out this whole thing here as we all you know. right no he was down te- he was down on the team
1: i thought he was no the other one they added this year it's it's weird because they had a bunch of mid-major transfers micah paris was the other one they added this
2: year yep micah paris from but Oakland. for the most part their their core was the same and they bring back matt bradley and keisha johnson and nate Mensa and lamont butler and that that group has, you know, vanquished Creighton after losing to them in a really tight early round game in Fort Worth last year. And I just think the way they defend, they make it hard for you. You know? And I think they've got they've got some size there with Mensa and some bigger bigger guards and wings that I think that they would have a better chance to, to beat UConn or give UConn a game.
1: All right, Rob. We are presented by our partners at underdog fantasy. Use the code to get a hundred percent deposit match. Up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball. Pick em, where you can get a little extra sweat uh, during March Madness in the Final Four and win real cash prizes by picking player stats in this weekend's games. And pick them. All you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals. Uh, for example, uh, if you're like me and you think that Isaiah Wong's going to go nuts, against UConn in the national semifinals pick higher on his points projection add up to four more picks and if you hit them all you can win 20 times your money on a single game underdog slick mobile app is easy enough that yes even I can figure it out and have so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app use the code code field and underdog will match your deposit up to 100 bucks now is the time to get in on March Madness and the Final Four. So remember, underdogfantasy.com, promo code FIELD. All right, Rob. Houston as a Final Four city. We're both here. It's kind of a calm before. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a storm this year. I'm not sure. Yeah, that'd
2: be interesting. It, and also, Houston is much like kind of the Final Fours in Atlanta or Phoenix. It's very spread out. Like, I'm over by the mall. You're yeah. downtown. That's kind of the the deal with, with some of these really, really big cities that you you don't have if it's in Vegas or it's in Indianapolis or New Orleans where everyone is pretty much in one spot. It's more spread out here. I I, I think there'll still be a good amount of people that come, but it won't be. Last year, the hype to the Duke Carolina game was insane. Then that might be the most buzzy arena I've ever been in pregame. To watch yeah, that you'll have none of that,
1: you'll have none of that. I mean, that's the difference now. Is well, it, listen again, it's hard enough to get uh ESPN to talk about college hoops these days because you've got you know, I mean, they'd rather show a, a pro day of whatever the 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 yeah, I mean, football has become so huge, crazy, and yeah. and, and again, ESPN doesn't have the the tournament, they have the women's tournament, so they're not. They'll give as much as they can do it, but you know, again, it's not going to uh, over. Uh, it's not going to go more than than anything football related. And now you've got, you know, let's face it, the ratings aren't going to be good for this. They're not going to be good for these games. I, yeah. I wouldn't think. I'd be shocked. Um, what 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 do you think it will mean for any of these coaches? I found this on the web. Wow, my 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 watch is talking to me here. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, be, you know, like if Dan Hurley wins a national title, it, it'll it be the fifth for UConn. It'll be bringing a program back that honestly had really taken a hit
2: after they yeah, won. Yeah, I mean, he uh, signed on for that job when they were in the American and not very good. So I think for him, it would be, in any of these coaches, it's a life changing thing. I think getting to this moment is a life changing thing. Um, it's it's the place where everyone wants to make it to in their industry. So, But for, for Danny Hurley to lead UConn back, I know that they were in the 2000s and, and late 90s, awesome. uh, a, almost a, a blue blood at that point. Um, but, man, for him to turn it around and put together this team and kind of the way they fell apart for a while earlier in the year and everybody kind of wrote them off and now they've come back and they're just awesome. I think it's got to be one of those moments where you, you've reached the mountaintop. And, you know, for some of these coaches, I'm not saying this is Danny Hurley, I could imagine getting to the National Championship and winning and being like, well, what now? Sure. I've been, like, I, I know that they move on to the next season. And I'm not saying this is him. I think it's human nature to be like, man, I've been chasing this for, you see it in players all the time. They've been chasing a big contract forever. And then they get there and it's like, well, shit. I've got it, you know, like it's got to be kind of a weird feeling. Can I give I you, a, I'm going
1: to give you a great story to read. Uh, I read it last night on the flight over from Vegas after uh, losing a bunch of money yesterday afternoon, Brendan Quinn of the athletic wrote a story on Dan Hurley. It was awesome. Brendan did Brenda a
2: good job. Oh He's my a God. great Dan, writer.
1: He and Dan O'Neill are, are phenomenal over there at, at the athletic. Um, along with some of their other people, but Brendan wrote a story about Dan and I've known Dan and again. Twenty plus years but I don't remember this and and he talks about the fact that Dan when he was at Seton Hall basically stepped away he couldn't handle the pressure anymore of when he was playing playing at Seton Hall and not being his brother right and living up to you know everything that his father stood for as one of the greatest high school coaches of all time Um, and, and just again almost mental health before it became out there like it has over the last few years that, that he, he called three beat writers. I forget where Brendan said they met, but he called them together and basically said, Hey guys, I'm stepping away. I can't handle it anymore. I just can't handle the pressure. And, uh, and he's been chasing this and it's part of the reason he is who he is. I mean, both Bobby and, and Danny are nuts in their own ways. Uh, I love them to death uh, because of everything, you know, they're, they're real. Right, they're real. That's that's the part. They they show their emotions. They wear it on their sleeve. And Danny, especially if you think about it, right? Like he he was never going to be Bobby Hurley as a player, right? Never.
2: But who who is? There's very few that are. Right. right? And
1: and then he goes into coaching, and he's never going to be Bob Hurley senior in a way who's a Hall of Fame coach, right? So you're like chasing that, and you know when I talked to him when he got to Sweet Sixteen, even. He said he's like it was almost like validating the 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 thing that meant the most was for his father, like to be able to coach and get to a sweet 16 and now to get to a final four. If he could ever win a national title, like I think it'll be full-fledged waterworks with him and his family, just because again, what it the significance it means with everything. I mean, he's at Wagner, like, like Wagner. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I had to get on a ferry, take a cab, take a subway from New York City to get to Wagner. It is not easy. It is not a good job at all. Where Where is it? Where is it? Staten Island. Staten Island. Oh, it's in New York City. Okay. So it's off New York City. Yeah, it's right right there, but really hard to get to. Then he goes to URI, you know, rebuilds that thing, takes him to the NCAA tournament twice. And now, like you said, he's rebuilt. The happiest day, other than him getting the Final Four, probably was... When they went into the Big East from the American, because he was like, I can't recruit here. I can't yeah, recruit right. to to playing against Tulsa and ECU at UConn. I just I can't get the top players like I wanted.
2: What about the resurgence of the Big East, though, here over the last two weeks? Wow. I mean wow. it's been a big it's been a big uh two weeks for the Big East conference. Huge. I mean, on and
1: off the court, right? I mean, they get you and I haven't talked I did we talk about Patino and Cooley last week?
2: Maybe we did I <laughs> for a kid, remember. honestly. I, don't I remember. can't remember
1: either, but uh, I got into a little tiff uh, about Cooley uh, on social media. And uh, well, I just I think it's unfair. And, and I do want to hear your take on this. I think it's unfair. I understand Providence fans. Of course, you're pissed off your coach is left within the league when you
2: feel like you feel like he's one of you right, right like he's a course. providence guy so when he then leaves to go somewhere else they're going to be pissed yeah i'm not and I'm
1: he not didn't leave he left for what a lot of people consider as a lateral job
2: i personally Do you think don't. he handled it well though like did he handle it with the grace that you should leave a place like that that's given you so Probably much not. Probably not as I, well. I think it I don't think probably is in that answer, dude. You know, the only <laughs> thing think... I'd
1: say, all right. So my wife pushed back on this is he did like a TV interview the day before he left. And he was pretty transparent. Like, I'm looking at another job. Yeah, basically I think he admitted it's Georgetown and I'm I'm trying to figure everything out. I love Providence. Obviously, this was a dream job for me. Like, so he was he was transparent in some ways. And he got crucified for doing it. And while I agree in some ways, because it's so unique that he did this, isn't that what we want? Don't we want transparency?
2: No, agreed. But I was thinking, I wasn't talking about that. I was thinking more of at the press conference. W- what did he say about being provident? Yeah, Pro- yeah. I mean, that's like taking the knife and yeah. sticking it in even deeper. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. You're you know, like that yeah. to me that they don't, they don't care. That's not yeah. I he's waiting. from there, so I, I understand. But
1: hey, did you see McDermott? Did you see Greg McDermott's video
2: after the game? I did. Yes, I oh, watched it. It's
1: like heartbreaking.
2: No, I, it is. But I mean, anyone that's been, been, been in the locker rooms understands that that's the way those go. And I don't know how those coaches don't just ball. I, I would look at players and cry because no. I would watch them cry. It would it would really upset me. Um, that's why you're not because every be everyone crazy. is every <laughs> yeah. That's why everyone is shattered in that room like especially at that level where you're a game away it's a one possession game and and look if you get it's one of those things where too if you get blown out in your mind you're thinking well they were better than us we we didn't play well yeah. but when it's a one possession game and it comes down to a singular foul that's hard to swallow Brutal. you know i Brutal. i've been there i've lost an state tournament game where you're a possession away and You think about going forward, I still think about this, and that game was played 11 years ago now. I think about individual plays, individual free throws, calls. There's a no call at the end of that game that I played in where I'm like, they could have called out a foul. Instead of us missing a shot and Kansas coming down and scoring, we would be at the free throw line. You know what I mean? Like I still think about that. So I know those Creighton kids will too. That's that's a, the unfortunate reality of losing one of those really close games, is that you it sticks with you, and I still think that that I look at the the Kansas game is very similar um, to what Creighton just went through. I I still get upset, like in the sense of my heart beats fast when I think about that game, and I'm sure that will be that way for those Creighton kids too. And that was just to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Right. That wasn't even go to the Final Four. Yes, right. Why I'm sure everybody, but but Greg did a great job of. Well, I think he's saying just... the the right things in the moment.
1: Yeah, and I think you know he was vilified a couple of years ago for using a word. Obviously, he admitted he shouldn't have. But you talk to anybody close to 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 that program, and uh, they have nothing good but good things and great things to say about Greg McDermott. And I've never had anybody say a negative word about Greg McDermott to me. Um, so yeah. sometimes people make mistakes, and it follows them a little bit, but. Um, what he's been able to do in terms of getting past that, and, and I think people uh, around that program getting past it is is, is really good. Um, all right, before we go, uh, Rob, where where are you from originally? Valparaiso, Indiana. What job opened up recently? Valpo, yeah, be you. I'm I'm I am officially right now announcing your candidacy to be the yeah. next Valpo head coach.
2: I'm sure that the fan base and the athletic department will be really impressed with my zero years of coaching experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on, let's, let's put, I will be your ops. If you go to Valpo,
2: I will no, come,
1: I will. I come with you to Valpo as your ops guy.
2: You, you live in fucking Charleston for how many months out of the year? How are you yeah. going to be the ops guy in Valpo, Indiana during the winter?
1: How's Valpo, Indiana in the winter? Awful. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. Would it be beautiful?
1: There's no way Valpo
2: is oh. beautiful in the winter. You can go up to Lake Michigan and see the the wind swept snow waves coming in. It's only I, six miles away. I have no desire. Can we get?
1: Here's your snap so Why
2: did you just say you take the job?
1: Uh, well, I'll go back and forth. I'll come in. I'll that's come not, in. A first. good ops
2: guy A good off is one that's not on site half the time. That'd be good. You can do. You can do a lot over Zoom <laughs> these days. Oh, God. A lot
1: a yeah. lot online listen yeah. players don't step foot in 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 classrooms for four years these days so I can I can do the job from Charleston I'm
2: convinced there you go all right so who's my staff Scott Martin all right Scott's living in town that would that would if he's he one. might all right he's right. my he's my first hire who else who else would you bring in Jake Diebler, we're going to have to pay him, though, to get him from Ohio State. <laughs> I don't know if the money.
1: I'm not sure Valpo's the money. We'd have to figure out. we got
2: out. an anonymous booster. An right, anonymous an NIL booster deal. Who's, who's committed unlimited funds to the staff.
1: Are there any big money people in Valpo? What about your dad?
2: <laughs>
1: He's going to have to win a yeah. few more
2: pickleball tournaments. He's going to have to really hit the circuit hard to afford right. this for me.
1: I was um, – I was staying outside, you know, staying at the lovely circa hotel and outside I looked out and there there was another hotel with twenty four pickleball
2: courts right outside. I could see it. Yeah, it's become it's become huge. All right, I've got my final hire. Since yeah. I have unlimited funds, I'm gonna get Scott Drew to come be my lead assistant wow, in the, he's gonna he, he's won the national title. He wants to come home, I've heard. So Scott's gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna be together.
1: And special assistant to the head coach, Homer Drew.
2: Sure. Yeah. Homer's going to come back too. That'll be a good staff. Yeah. Hell of a staff. I'm going to tweet that so out. It's me. It's me, your staff? <laughs> it's me yeah. Scott, yeah. Homer, Scott Drew, uh, and Jake Diebler. Yep.
1: That's a good staff. Yeah. I'm putting that out there right now on Twitter when we finish this. That's your staff. So the staff that
2: can, How do they not hire the staff you that that can, staff? Well, they'd be foolish not to. <laughs> hey, they'd be foolish. If I can bring that staff, they should hire me. With an NIL
1: package. You better start working on that is, NIL our, right now.
2: What's our NIL package? What conferences VU is in the, the Valley, right? Yes. So how much NIL a year do we need at VU to compete with? $1, 000, 000. We're is kill, a million dollars. In the Valley? We're gonna kill it with a million dollars, yeah. What what's the highest NIL team in the Valley? Um right now? Like Boy, does Northern Iowa know. have NIL?
1: I don't know what those schools have right now. I bet you a couple. I mean, hundred, who
2: who is the best team in the valley right now? Well, Drake was the best team. Oh, Drake! Drake was definitely the best.
1: But team. but it may not. It's not the best job in the valley. Bradley. Yeah, does Bradley, Bradley have some nil? They probably do. Yeah. I mean, my guess is they got enough to keep their current players right. What's the big, hey, what's the big uh, restaurant in Valpo?
2: Can we get a deal for me for for a good? I mean, we got got Wagner's ribs, which is in Porter. Wagner's is elite ribs. Really? Got, yeah, it is actually. Kelsey's Steakhouse would probably be considered one of the, there's a lot of new ones downtown. Valpo is is very vibrant in the downtown area now.
1: Next, how far is Valpo from Bloomington? Like three hours long. All right, I'm going to have to get to Valpo at some point. Uh, we we
2: I gotta see I gotta see where you grew up at some you point. You know I think that we we we've got a better we've got a better ops option than you. I don't know if you're a lock for the job. You what? What is I this? think there you're you're media. You don't know how to book hotels and plane flights <laughs> and bus rides. I book all my own stuff. I'm can good. Can I get can I get this anonymous booster to Charter us out of Valpo International Airport too. I don't want to be riding a bus to to Bradley. I want to fly uh, to Peoria. We're
1: also going to be playing. If I'm ops, I'm in charge of the schedule. Just so you <laughs> no, know.
2: no, no. You're not. I would. I would schedule like I used to schedule on NCAA Final Four 2002 with Valpo. I would literally play only blue blood programs. You'd never win a game.
1: You would never get. No, this we, would, we would. We would.
2: It'd be a learning experience early on, but we would eventually. You know what I would do? The best. I would play extra
1: buy games and utilize that money for NIL. Yeah, I mean, is that legal? Sure. Why wouldn't it be? Then I didn't. See. I didn't know if. The, well, I mean, th- that's true. It may There's not no be legal. Rule. Legal. It may not be There's legal. No rule. rule so yeah. We'll find a way. We will. That will be my mantra as the ops guy. Will be. We'll find
2: a way. Dude, I used to love playing that video game with VU and I would just load the schedule up. Like literally first game of the year, number one, Maryland, second game of the year, number three, Duke, third game of the year, number four, UCLA. We would just roll through these schedules. And if I was losing, I would just quit and restart the game. Like a true seasoned veteran little kid video game player.
1: When are you you coming downtown Houston?
2: I probably won't. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, I will. Um, not, I don't think today. Probably uh, tomorrow, I'll be there for the. I think the event, the three on three thing, is downtown. So. It is. All right, let me know. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll I'll stop by tomorrow and see.
2: You. Okay, I think it's it's different than last year. It's not the same, but right. it's. Oh, and we're gonna see each other
1: Thursday night.
2: Oh yeah, are you are you? Uh, do we spill the beans or do we let it be a surprise? Yeah, no,
1: we can spill the beans now. We can spill the beans now.
2: Go ahead. They have brought in someone who had at least 20 dunks in his time at Purdue, at least 20 dunks, oh, no. and at least six dunks in two years of NBA play. They brought me in to be a, a judge for the dunk contest, and somehow they br- brought you, too. I, I had at least one dunk, at minimum one dunk in my yard. You, you can't. If you've never dunked in a game or done it or been in a dunk contest yourself, you should not qualify to judge. So I'm I'm upset that they brought you in. Who are the other judges? Jay Billis. I thought, oh, Jay judges, or he does the actual broadcast.
1: Farnham's. No, I don't. I think he's judging. Maybe I'm wrong. Farnham. I think Farnham is doing the the uh, broadcast. Yeah, I thought it was Farnham and Jay, but maybe, maybe it's it not. Is. Maybe maybe it's me you. I don't know who else is judging. I haven't gotten.
2: Usually they get some people from around the area. I feel like I think, hold on. I'm going to tell you, cause I do
1: have, um, uh, hold on. I got something here. Uh, let me see if I can find it out. I think it's Billis. And then it's, uh, a local Houston. I heart media guy, Akbar, uh, Bajia, Bamelia, Bamilia, former, he American. knows a
2: lot about dunking.
1: He, yeah. I, and I don't know who else, but, um, yeah, so we'll we'll be judging, which means I'll be ripping on your horrible scores.
2: Um, I'm gonna be. I feel like I'll be a very lenient judge. I'm gonna be on the. I, I'm not gonna be the guy like D Wade who's giving out nines to Zach Levine dunks or whatever that was. I no. I will be on the. And this is on the side of yeah, this is this is uh, college players that are. That you know who playing. was the best one that I can remember in this college slam dunk deal is James Flight White. When he did in Indianapolis, he was was putting on a show. (laughs) But he was like NBA level of that. That's the kind of athlete he he should
1: like, not maybe not Mac McClung, but not that far away either. Like, like if you're putting Mac, no, I listen. If you think James White is
2: up there with the best dunkers ever, yes, yes.
1: All right. We will see you next week for a, uh, it'll be the final one. I don't know if I'm going to get you back after after that. I feel like after that, it's
2: golf. Listen, season. I saw the budget in Vegas, the amount of spending, frivolous spending that was occurring. We're going to have some real contract negotiations in the in the summer here because Doster, he's like freaking Jerry Reinsdorf right now, not wanting to pay Michael Jordan. That's how I feel. I'm this carrying this podcast slow. weekly.
1: Listen, I don't get involved in the contract negotiations. Talk to Doster. Uh, we'll figure it out in the off season uh Hummel Goodman brought uh this could be it next week could be the final edition
2: yeah I'm not, I'm not messing around this year I'm not messing around right. this summer it's a big it's a big off season for me in all terms right. of negotiating with, with, you. with you guys got to
1: keep this thing going so i'm I'm with you if we got a really strong arm doster we'll do it <laughs> all right we'll I see you next week